0: Hello! You are listening to the English Like a Native podcast, the podcast that's designed for lovers and learners of English. I'm your host, Anna, and today, oh, I'm in pain. Now, despite my background, my very physical experience in life, my dance training, my years on the stage dancing the gymnastics that I've done for many years, my squash playing, my rock climbing. I am actually surprisingly clumsy. Now, someone who is clumsy tends to have lots of accidents. They drop things and they fall over and they just can't seem to coordinate their bodies very well. So they are clumsy. Things break around clumsy people and I think I put it down to the fact that I'm always trying to do too much. So I like to try and multitask. You know, I might be running downstairs to quickly tend to my children or to grab breakfast. And as I'm running down the stairs, I notice that there's a laundry basket full of clothes that need to be put into the washing machine. So I grab that laundry basket under one arm. And as I pass by the safety gate, the baby gate at the top of the stairs, I see that there's an empty glass there that's been left from the night before. So I grab that in the other hand and I rush down the stairs. And I see something else at the bottom of the stairs and I try to throw that in the basket as well so I can take it into the kitchen. And I'm just always trying to do many things at once. And this can often lead to unintended consequences. And this is what happened yesterday when I was running from the garden studio, because I work in the garden. So I was running from the garden studio into the house. Now there are three steps leading up to the house. And I've done these steps many times. But this time, for some reason, as I put my foot on the second step, I didn't put it on enough. I just put my toe to the top of the step. I didn't quite put my full foot securely onto the step. So I didn't quite make the step and my toe slipped off as I pushed through it. And my shin, which is the front of your lower leg, my shin hit the step or the edge of the step, full force. So the full force of my forward momentum was taken through my shin against the corner of the step. It was agonizing. And now I have quite a large scrape chunk taken out of my shin and a very large bruise, an area of swelling around my shin. The thing is, shins always hurt more than they should. The bone is so close to the skin that if you knock your shin, it really, really, really hurts I've done it a couple of times before and it's just horrendous. Have you ever caught your shin on anything? And this is why football players wear shin pads to protect those shins because when you're kicking a ball about and you go in to tackle someone, it's quite likely that you're going to clash shins together. And yeah, it's quite unpleasant. So most footballers will wear shin pads to protect their shins. Now, I describe this as falling up the stairs or falling up the steps rather. It's not really a set of stairs, it's just a couple of steps. And falling up steps is something I've done quite a few times. Again, it's usually because I'm rushing, but I've also fallen down the stairs many a time. I have a couple of notable occasions where I've fallen down the stairs. The first time I fell down the stairs in proper style was when I was four years old. And I remember this moment very clearly. I was standing at the very top of the stairs with a little girl who was a friend of mine. She was eight. So she was a lot bigger than me called Hazel. And we were looking down this very steep set of stairs. And she said to me, how many steps of the stairs can you jump down in one go? And obviously I was four years old, so I didn't have any anticipation of the risk involved. I didn't have any understanding of the risks involved with jumping down a set of stairs. But I was like, I don't know how many steps I can jump down in one go. Let's have a try. Let's see. (laughs) And so from the very top of the stairs, I just jumped. And of course, I didn't land nicely. And so I then went head over heels. So my head went forward and I started rolling forwards down the full set of stairs and I landed at the bottom with a whack and my mum heard this tumbling noise came running out and I'd caught the back of my head and scratched it or cut it and your head bleeds very quickly so all she heard was all this tumbling down the stairs she opened the door and there is me her little beautiful four-year-old girl lying in a pool of blood because in the moment that it took my mother to get up and come to me, my head had just let out a flood of blood. So I'm lay there in a you know, a halo of blood around my head, and my mum freaks out, thinking that I've, you know, done some terrible damage. She rushes me to the hospital, and in the end, long story short, it was just a tiny teeny weeny little not even a centimetre a little cut where my head had just split open ever so slightly. It only needed, I think, one stitch to just hold it together. And I got a lollipop as well. I was very, very excited about that. So that was the first time I fell down the stairs. Now, the second notable time that I fell down the stairs was when I was nine months pregnant. So I was actually overdue so, my baby was due in mid October. This is my second child. He was due in mid October, and the midwife had been around that day to do something called a sweep, which is where they try to start labor off. And it had been quite successful. I was already experiencing contractions. So, we're thinking, okay, today is the day I've had my sweep. My contractions are starting. Today, my child will be born. However, I slipped at the top of the stairs. I think I was carrying a basket of laundry and of course I had a huge bump. I was huge. So I was very front heavy with this bump and a basket of laundry all in front of me and I miscalculated where my feet should go and I slipped and I fell down really hard on my bottom Luckily, I only went down a few steps, but I banged my bottom really hard. I actually ended up with quite a large bruise on my bum. But the shock of it, it made me cry. The shock of it stopped my contractions. I think the fear made my body just shut down. So it was like, no, it's not safe to have a baby. Stop all contractions. So I was very frustrated. Even more frustrating is the fact that, you know, after that, it took another week before I was finally in labour and my baby didn't come naturally in the end. It was an emergency C-section in the end. Perhaps if I hadn't have fallen down the stairs, I would have had the baby. No problems. Naturally, in my birthing pool, at home. But anyway, that's another story. The third time I fell down the stairs was... Carrying a nappy sack. So, when we've finished with a nappy, we put it into a special nappy bin. And the sack that comes out of the nappy bin when it's full is very long and thin, like a big long snake. And uh, usually, you know, you don't want to handle this too much because it stinks. You tie a knot in the top of the bag and you carry this big snake of dirty nappies down the stairs and put it in the outside bin. Now, this one particular time, The nappy bin hadn't been emptied for a very long time so it was quite long. If I held it up high above my head the tail of this nappy snake reached down to my feet so it was very long and I was like oh this needs to go out this is disgusting and I'm rushing around because it's morning time and I'm trying to get everything sorted for the day and I I whipped this bin out so I have this nappy snake and I start to run down the stairs and now I'm barefoot at this point. I've not yet put my socks on. To be honest, I spend most of my time barefoot at home. And I took a few steps on the stairs. Now, stupidly, I actually thought to myself, oh, I better lift this up higher, this nappy snake, because I might stand on it and slip. I actually thought that two seconds before I did that. It's almost like I made it happen. So I stood on the end of this nappy snake and it's, you know, slippy plastic. So it made my heel come out from under me and I slipped. The problem this time is I was legs akimbo, meaning my legs were out in like a big V shape. My legs flew out and one of them caught in the banisters know, kind of like the rods that hold up the banister and it caught my toes and it pulled my toes out to the side as I zoomed past and all the way down to the bottom of the stairs and so it broke my toe it was very very painful I knew instantly I felt and I heard the crack and then as I came to a halt at the bottom of the stairs I saw that my little toe was not in the right position and I was like oh my goodness me I've broken my toe So that was fun. A nice long wait in A&E and then an x-ray to say that I'd completely snapped the toe. The silver lining of that particular story is that now my toe, which used to be very stiff, is now very mobile. So I definitely, (laughs) any like tight tendons or I don't know, I don't know what happens to them. Maybe the bones calcify and the joints stop moving so much, but it's all fixed now. I did my own little job on that one. So that was three instances of falling down the stairs, which should teach me to be more careful when going up and down the stairs. So this demonstrates how clumsy I am. Are you a clumsy person? Sometimes you might refer to a clumsy person as being accident prone If you're prone to something, it means that you're more likely to do something. I'm accident prone, therefore I'm more likely to have accidents because I'm clumsy. I'm a clumsy person generally, or I rush a bit too much. I try to do too much. Sometimes people are clumsy because they are a little bit physically awkward. Now, awkward's an interesting word. I always forget how to spell this word. It's got two W's in it. It's spelled A-W-K, orc, and then W-A-R-D, awkward, awkward, awkward. And if you're awkward, if you do something physically awkward, it means you do it in a, a difficult or like an uncomfortable way. It's the opposite of being graceful. And dexterous. When someone has good control over their body, they can do things with ease. And it's very comfortable to watch a dancer who is graceful when they move across the stage and they can do amazing things with their bodies in a graceful way nice and easy and beautiful. But someone who is physically awkward, it can be quite difficult to watch. They often feel uncomfortable themselves trying to do something. So for example, if I am sitting on the couch and I have my son sitting on my lap and my other son, I have my arm around him, so my arm is tucked around my son and then I want to reach my drink and my drink is just out of reach. If it's just out of reach, then it's just a little bit too far for me to reach with my stretched out arm. And so I might have to make quite an awkward move to shift my body over while still holding my son on my lap and keeping my arm around my other son. And then I grab this drink in a really awkward way to bring it over to me. And if I'm not careful because it's such an awkward move, then I might spill the drink. Or what normally happens at my age now is that I get cramp in my back or I pull a muscle or something and then I'm in agony (laughs) just trying to do some very basic moves. So that would be awkward, to move in an awkward way, not very graceful. Now, if you are an awkward or clumsy person, then you might fumble about at times. Fumble, to fumble is to like handle things. about using your hands. You handle things in a clumsy or awkward way. I often use the word fumble when I'm talking about being in the dark. Imagine you are trying to find something in the dark. You've woken up in the middle of the night, maybe to do a nappy change on your child, and you can't find the wipes or the little light switch. You can't find where it is, so you fumble about, meaning you use your hands to try and guide you. But while you're trying to do that, You clumsily knock over a glass of water or you knock things off the side. You're fumbling around trying to find things. So you're moving and handling things in a clumsy or awkward way and things often get mishandled or dropped. Now I mentioned there knocking over a glass of water. So we use knock when talking about hitting something. So, you knock on a door, don't you? There, I just knocked on the door. So, to knock is to hit something. But if you knock something over, to knock over means you hit something and it goes from a vertical position to a horizontal position. I might knock a person over. If I run into them and hit them... I knock them. I knock them down to the ground. They fall down until they're in a seated or a, a lying down position. So I've taken them from vertical to horizontal. I've knocked them over. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to knock you over. If you hit someone with your car, then you knock them over or knock them down. I am... Um, Terrible for knocking things over, especially my glass of water. I tend to have a glass of water next to me in my bed, and I am (laughs) so clumsy in the night. I often knock it over. Usually, once I've already drank and then I'm trying to put the glass down, I knock it over at that point. When I first moved to London, I used to do a lot of kind of hosting work. So I'd be a hostess or, you know, a waitress or that kind of thing. And I was being a hostess at a very posh event. And I was responsible for handing out the champagne. So I'd walk around with this great big tray full of champagne flutes. The flutes are the long glasses that you often have sparkling wine in. And so I must have had maybe 15 flutes of champagne on my tray. And I remember someone came over and swiped a glass off my tray so fast that it kind of unbalanced me. And I tipped back ever so slightly, but then I could see that all the glasses were potentially going to fall. So I was trying to save them. And while trying to save them, I basically ended up dropping the entire tray of champagne flutes. So there must have been 14 left on my tray that ended up on the floor. Glasses smashed, champagne all over the carpet. Very embarrassing. So I knocked them all over. I essentially dropped them all, really, didn't I? So we drop things. We knock them over. Sometimes we bump into things. This is a common phrase to bump into. Now, this can be used in two ways. You can bump into someone like by accident, just like knocking into them. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bump you there. I I, I bumped into this chap and I made him drop his phone Or you can bump into them, meaning you come across someone, you see someone that you don't intend to see, like a friend. You might meet your friend in the supermarket unintentionally. Oh, hello, Tina. What are you doing here? I'm just buying some bananas. What are you doing here? Oh, I'm always here at this time on a Thursday. It's lovely to see you. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe we just bumped into each other after all this time. That's amazing. So to bump into someone is to meet them unintentionally, just by chance. But if you are a clumsy person and you are fumbling around in the dark, you might bump into the wall. Now, if you are fumbling around in the dark, you also might trip. You might stumble and trip. To stumble is when you lose your footing. So you stumble is when your feet don't go down underneath you as you intend. Sometimes if you stumble, you might end up on the ground, but not always. Sometimes you just lose your footing a bit, but you catch yourself, don't you? And you manage to right yourself and get back to a normal way of walking or running. We can actually use stumble as well when we're talking about speech. Sometimes you stumble over your words. And you can trip over your words as well. It's when you kind of start to, uh, sorry, I just stumbled over my words. It's when you start to talk and then you just, um, uh, you say the wrong thing. Yeah, it's not about forgetting or losing your trail of thought. It's about a sound coming out of your mouth that you didn't intend or not being able to get your mouth around certain consonants for example like if you're trying to do peter piper picked a peck Pick of peppers so if you're trying to do a tongue twister and you struggle then you might be stumbling over your words now trip is the other one i mentioned you trip over something just like knock over we use over with trip to say that you fell you went from being vertical to horizontal so if you say I tripped over or you can use over meaning you tripped because of something so you tripped on something for example I left my bag in the middle of the floor and then my husband came in and he tripped over the bag the bag caught his foot and made him trip made him stumble He tripped over my bag. Please don't leave your bag on the floor. Someone might trip over it. We can also use over with fall to fall over. My son just fell over and he needs a plaster for his knee. Poor thing. Poor thing. Now you might be thinking the word trip is also used when talking about a short holiday. You take a trip somewhere. And it's true. Like we go on a trip. I might go on a trip to Amsterdam or a trip to Paris, a little city trip. So to go on a short holiday somewhere, you might take a trip down memory lane, which is not the same as a holiday, but it means that you spend some time remembering something lovely. So if I reminisce about My days on the cruise ship when I used to do all the fantastic shows with all the feathers and the sequins and the band and the glory of it, the glamour. I'm taking a trip down memory lane. So sometimes if you trip over, if you fall over, you stumble and fall over and land on your bottom, as long as you're not hurt, someone might make a joke and say, Oh, did you have a nice trip? Hope you had a nice trip which is something you'd say if someone's gone on holiday. Did you have a nice trip? Oh, I did. It was lovely. Thank you. But here they're being sarcastic. They're playing on the word trip and they're making a joke of the fact that you've fallen over. (laughs) Did you have a nice trip? It's not very nice, really, but it's used in a jokey way. In a jovial, friendly, silly way. Okay, so other phrases that you might use are to have butter fingers. If you drop something, then you could say, Oh, I've got butter fingers. Or you might just refer to yourself as butter fingers. Oh, butter fingers. Or if someone else drops something, oh, butter fingers, as if you have butter on your fingers, making your fingers very slippy. Butter fingers. Now, if something has wrapped around you, then you'd say that you are tangled up. You're tangled up in something. For example, if you are trying to sort out lots of wires, you're trying to wrap them and organize them and you've been turning around and the wires have started to wrap up around your body, around your leg, around your arms and then you suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I'm all knotted. I don't know how to get out of all these wires. They're all over me. I'm tangled up. Or maybe it's not about you. Maybe it's the wires. (laughs) We all have, I'm sure, a drawer or a box or a bag full of random wires, cables and leads for things. And they often get tangled up, don't they? And it's just such a pain trying to untangle them. But we also use this phrase to mean that you have become involved in something that's difficult to get out of, a situation or a with a group of people. For example, if my brother starts spending time with a gang of criminals, then I could say, oh, he got tangled up with the wrong sort of people. So it's like he got caught, he got trapped. And it was hard to get him away from that group of people in that situation. He got tangled up in something. The same as to get caught up in something. To get caught up in something means you get stuck with something. You get stuck doing something. So I got caught up in traffic, for example, meaning I got stuck in traffic and that's why I'm delayed. Now, coming back to being clumsy and accidents that happen, you could say you got caught on something. Let's say you're walking through a garden and there is a rose bush that's beautiful it smells delightful smells divine but it's got lots of thorns on it and you walk past that rose bush and suddenly you feel a tug at your jumper and you're like oh what's happened what am i caught on i am caught on something and you look around and you can see that your jumper is now snagged it's been caught on a thorn of this rose bush so the rosebush has stabbed your jumper and is holding onto your jumper. It's caught on the rosebush. So your jumper is caught on the rosebush. You could catch yourself on it, can't you? You could say, oh, I just caught my finger on that thorn and it's bleeding. It's very sore. It's just a tiny little scratch, but it really hurts. Yeah. I just caught my finger when I was just smelling the roses. So it's to catch something very quickly. Sometimes we use it when we you know, literally scratch ourselves. But when it comes to like clothing, it's usually still attached and you have to get yourself off. (laughs) You have to pull your jumper off the thorn or the hook or whatever it is. Sometimes when I wear like clothes with big holes in, it will catch on the door handles as I go past or like belts. Sometimes they catch on door handles Okay, so we've had a lot of phrases there. We've had trip and trip over, fall, fall over something, stumble, accident prone, clumsy, awkward, to fumble about, to bump into things or to bump into people. Hello, to knock things over or to knock into things, to drop things if you have butterfingers, to get tangled up to get caught on or to catch yourself on something. So lots and lots of ways to talk about being generally clumsy. Now, are you a clumsy person? I hope not. Perhaps we should all just take a little bit more time and be a little bit more mindful, especially when walking up and down stairs. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to me today. Thank you for being here take care of yourself, please. Until next time, take care and goodbye.